Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Welcome back to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and I'm the campus pastor for JCI in Olathe, Kansas. Now one church in two locations. This week in both of our campuses, we launched a new series called Finding Your Way Back to God, and we are celebrating just an incredible Easter weekend of services where 116 people made spiritual decisions. So this will be a great series to help people, uh, we believe, with their next step spiritually. Uh, Pastor Christian, in this series, we will we will learn a lot about the church in Colossae, a church that the Apostle Paul wrote the letter we know as the New Testament book of Colossians. Um, how is Journey Church International similar to the church at Colossae from nearly 2,000 years ago? Well, the Church of Colossae is the only um, is the only New Testament church that has a letter written to it that the Apostle Paul didn't didn't visit. Um, so you know, Ephesus, Paul started the church in Ephesus. He started the church in Corinth. He started the church in Philippi. Um, Colossae, some random guy by the name of Epaphras, was in Ephesus. He heard Paul speaking at one of his you know revival meetings, church services. He put his belief in Jesus. And he went back to his hometown, about 120 miles, and he started a church in his house. Um, so the the Church of Colossae is like is like Journey Church International, is like all the other churches in our community, and that it never had a disciple. It wasn't started by a disciple. It wasn't started by an apostle. It was just started by a guy who heard about Jesus and he wanted other people to know about Jesus. So right. when you, you know when you look at Journey Church International, there is nobody at this church that is you know more closer spiritually to Jesus than someone else because of an apostolic call or a um, you know a discipling relationship with Jesus. We are people who have heard about Jesus, who want other people to know about Jesus. So in that way we're really similar to the church in Colossae and we're similar to what I would call apostolic doctrine, um, a, a need for scripture expertise. You know, the church at Colossae, because they weren't started by an apostle, they weren't started by a disciple, right. they had to lean heavily on the scriptures. You know, tell, tell us what to do. Epaphras never claimed to have some special word from God. Sure. He needed to know how to understand and explain the scriptures so they could connect to the God of Israel through the Messiah of Israel. Jesus and our church is the exact same way because we because we were started by some regular guy who just heard about Jesus we are dependent upon the scriptures to teach us how to connect to the God of Israel through the Messiah of Israel we are dependent on those apostles on those disciples on their teachings on their writings to give us good sound doctrine to teach us how to live the Christian life we can't just make it up because it's it's not ours to possess we've heard it we embraced it. We want others to have it, but we have to be led by the scriptures, um, just just like the Church of Colossae would. Just some guy wanted his community to know about Jesus, but he was reliant on Paul to teach them. Hey, what does the Bible say about how we should live our life? This is brand new to us, but we believe the Bible can teach us. So show us what to do. So, Pastor Christian, let's talk about this letter to the people of Colossae. We learn from Colossians two verse sixteen that there are a lot of things in our lives that are useful for pointing people to Jesus, but they can oftentimes become the point rather than the person of Jesus. What are some routines that you have had in your life that have become rituals that ultimately lost focus on the person of Jesus? Well, so I think, I think any good spiritual routine that connects you to Jesus uh, can, can become a ritual where you, where you lose sight 
of Jesus. Uh, you know, the last time you gave in the offering, that you didn't do it with a spirit of gratitude, that you didn't do it with a spirit of worship, that you didn't do it with a spirit of trust. I mean, that that transaction, that relational transaction of giving in the offering is supposed to really symbolize some things spiritually. It's supposed to be a, a heart transaction that says, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I love you more than I love money. Jesus, I place my security in you more than I place it in money. Um, and when you can just strike a check or pay online or or not even think about it, and I mean, we're really, really grateful for people who do the auto debit type stuff. It really helps our church and inclement weather and when people are traveling. Uh, but if you know, if you get in the habit of giving in the offering without thinking about why you're giving, who you're giving to, um, that you know that can become a, a ritual rather than a routine that points you to Jesus. Um, you know, re- reading your Bible. Um, you know, you, w- when you when you read your Bible to read your Bible rather than to hear from Jesus. Uh, rather than to have a conversation, rather than to learn something. Uh, the point is not to read your Bible. The point is to hear from Jesus. Uh, when you pray, if you're just praying to say, hey, I prayed today, rather than to have a conversation uh, with with Jesus, to listen to Jesus, to express your needs to Jesus. I mean, all all of those things, when you sing a song, but it's not truly worship. I mean, any really healthy routine... Um, and the, that the point of the routine is to direct you and point you to Jesus can become ritual when you get more focused on the on the routine than the person that it's supposed to point you to. So, Pastor Christian, just let me let me follow up with that. What 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 can we do when our rituals or, or our routines become rituals that no longer point us to Jesus? How can we regain that focus? Well, I think that if you have the right routines, you know, going to church. Um, Reading your Bible, praying, memorizing Scripture, uh, going to small group. I mean, if you if you have if if the point of doing those things is the right is the right point, and you have the right routine, I think it's it's just a it's just adjusting your perspective. Yes, uh, you know, one thing I think that can help is journaling. Journaling makes you slow down to stop and say, "What did I hear? What did I need to say? What is God saying to me?" I think a lot of it's just the rush of life that we that we try to rush through these things, um, and I and I think a lot of it is is seeing Christianity as a as a relationship, you know, not religion, but a but a relationship with a person um, named Jesus who who is always with you through the Holy Spirit. And I think you nailed it. Some of the times where that happens in my life, I'm just rushing through life, and and. and Everything's just a get it done type of mentality. So that's a good reminder for for all of us today. Um, I'm not sure I will ever forget the illustration of Flat Jesus from this past weekend. It's a spiritual version of Flat Stanley. And really our main challenge in the message was to increase the awareness of Jesus in all areas of our lives. Uh, Pastor Christian, how can we how can we increase that awareness of Jesus in, in, in all areas of our life? How can we how we can, how can we do a better job of that? So every now and then you put together a message, you put together something in a message, and you think, you know, I might get in trouble when I get to heaven for this one, right? I mean, you just yeah. you just kind of have this thought this this probably isn't exactly what God intended yeah. when He equipped me and called me to preach the word of right. God. This might have gone too far. Maybe. <laughs> However, um, I don't know that people will forget it. 
And if they can remember, Jesus is in my truck. Jesus is on my TV. Jesus is with me when I'm at my computer. Uh, Jesus is with me when I go to work. Then, then it's worth it. And I think God might even say, you know, hey, hey, good job. Um, you know, maybe a better name than Flat Jesus next time. But I, you know, kind of, I, I get what you're doing. <laughs> you know, good, good, good attempt. Effort. Yeah, good effort. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think, I think there are a lot of people who can't wait to be with Jesus one day in heaven. And Jesus is saying, like, I'm, I'm right here right now. Like, you do not have to wait to be with me in heaven. I'm right here right now. That's why Paul says in Colossians 3, you got to set your heart on things above. You got to set your mind on things about, on things about. You have to learn to see Jesus. You have to learn to be aware of Jesus in every situation. And if we have to make a little cardboard cutout and laminate it and take it on a trip to Branson, um, to prove that point, great. But as, as Christians, we need to know Jesus doesn't live at church, right? So we connect with Jesus at church. Jesus doesn't live in our favorite worship songs or with our favorite worship singer. Jesus doesn't just live in the good messages that touch our heart and make us laugh. Jesus doesn't just live in our quiet time and then stay there in our Bible when, when we leave. He, he goes with us. He's with us when we're reading the word and when we're praying, and he's with us when we're cussing out the employee or we're wondering if, you know, if the next paycheck is going to come. Like, he's with us in all of those areas. And it, and it's funny because not only do we forget now, and it, it would seem easy to forget now, right? I mean, it's been 2,000 years. Hey, I forgot Jesus was here. When you read the um, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, uh, the disciples forgot Jesus was there. Right, Jesus tells the the, the the disciples, "Hey, figure out how we're going to feed all these people," and they all start running crazy, um, you know. Except Andrew, and he says, "Hey, let's ask Jesus. Like he's right here. Let's ask Jesus." When they're in the boat crossing the Sea of Galilee, and they think the waves and the wind are going to destroy him, they think, "What are we going to do?" It's like, "Wake up, Jesus. He's right there in the boat." So often, I find myself, you know, at, at this stage of my faith, at forty. You know, in ministry for for twenty years, um, you know, I, I don't have as much trouble choosing Netflix shows, watching the right movies, listening to the right radio stations. But I'll find myself in some despair, wondering, well, what are we going to do now? What's going to happen if things don't go well? And I'll forget that I can ask Jesus, say, hey, Jesus, okay, you're you're here. What are we going to do? And when it does go wrong, you're still here. So is it going to be okay? I, you know, you can just forget. Jesus is with you all the time. So, you know, that, that little flat Jesus um, cutout uh, illustration is, is just to remind us he's there. And if one person this week remembers he's there, it, it was worth it. I'm, I'm glad I did it. I wish I would have passed out 2,000 of them so all of our people could take one home. Well, Pastor Christian, you, mes- you mentioned that not only is Christianity a person, it is also a place. And, and you made a statement in your message and you said this, we need to live on earth as we live in live in heaven. What are the things that we can practice today on earth that we will have the opportunity, opportunity to do in heaven? Well, yeah, so, you know, Jesus said the kingdom of God is among you. He didn't say you'll go there one day. He said it's among you. When, when you have Jesus, you now live in the kingdom of God. You are, you are citizens of a kingdom that exists outside the country you live in, the state you live in the community you live in. One thing I'm learning in, in my faith is 
you know, the kingdom of God doesn't begin when you get to heaven. It begins when, when you meet Jesus, and it's our job to transform this earth to look as much like heaven as we can, which is why Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hey, if I'm the only one who lives today as if I was living in heaven, I can do it, but it'll bring the, it'll bring the kingdom here. You know, if you really study end times eschatology, heaven comes down to earth, right? Like earth is not transported to heaven. The end times in the, in the final end times kingdom, the heavenly city comes to earth, but it should come to earth a little bit at a time with every person who connects their life to Jesus. There are too many Christians in our community for our community not to look like heaven. So, so every one of us has to own that. How, how would I react to that if I was in heaven today? How would I, how would I treat this person if I was in heaven today? How would I forgive if I was in heaven today? How would I trust if I was in heaven today? If every one of us would begin to live each day like we were in heaven from a, from a, from just a mental state, um, I, <clears throat> I think it would transform the way that our, that our community looks. Now, what, do, what will we do in heaven? All you got to do is go read what heaven looks like. There are several people from the Old Testament to the New Testament who had visions of heaven. Um, the end times is really laid out for us in the, in the latter chapters of Revelation. What do, what do we do in heaven? We worship in heaven. Um, our life revolves around God in heaven. We spend time with other believers in heaven. Uh, we enjoy what we can know of the Word of God and the person of Jesus in heaven. Uh, we serve each other in heaven. Uh, we eat and drink together in heaven. <clears throat> we live in we live in spiritual community, loving and worshiping Jesus, and we can do that every day. Like we can do that. Every day right here. I tell people, if you hate worship, you're going to hate heaven. If you hate small group, you're going to hate heaven. If you hate serving at church, you're going to hate heaven. Um, if you hate thinking about Jesus all the time, you're going to hate heaven. It may not be for you if if your heart has no bent towards those things. And we can do those every day. We can live on earth as we do in heaven a little bit at a time by allowing our life to revolve around Jesus by weekly getting into small group, by serving one another, by worshiping, by learning and knowing more deeply who Jesus is. We can do all those things. The streets won't be gold. The walls won't be diamond. The seas won't be crystal. Um, one day there'll be no death. That's not yet here. One day there'll be no sickness. That's not here. One day there'll be no tears. That's not here. But there are a lot of things we do in heaven that we can do on earth if we'll fix our mindset and begin to try to live that way. That's a great reminder, Pastor Christian. Uh, one final question for today. Um, you close your message discussing baptism, but why is baptism such an important first step for every Christian? Baptism is the first time that we have a chance to do something outwardly that symbolizes something inwardly, right? Like Jesus says, your, your new faith journey— from this point forward, is learning to show on the outside that the inside has been transformed. I mean, that is that is Christianity. That is working out your salvation with fear and trembling. That is spiritual growth. Learning to show more and more on the outside what has happened on the inside. Jesus said the first thing that allows you to try that is baptism. 
It's connecting a moment in your past when you, when you came to faith in Christ, when you put your faith in Christ, you literally, Paul says, since you have died and been raised with Christ, you can symbolize that, right? It's happened inwardly, but now you can symbolize it outwardly by going under the water. Since you have been raised to walk with Christ, that's already happened inwardly, but you can symbolize it through this act of baptism. Paul says, let the rest of your life reflect what's going on on the inside. Brandon, you you and I this week are trying to figure out how to let what's really happened in our life show on the outside. I mean, every Christian should be pursuing that every day. How do we let what's happened on the inside show on the outside? The first practice thing we get to do is baptism. Jesus says, show the world what has happened on the inside by doing this outer thing. And then a little more every day, continue to let the outside be transformed to look like the reality of what's really happened on the inside. And a little by little, you know, hopefully Paul says day by day, the inward man, the inner man is being renewed and the outward man looks different. It is symbolic of the change in our hearts. Pastor Christian, thank you again for today, and uh, we want to thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope that our conversation has been valuable to you as you continue to pursue a closer relationship with Jesus and maybe even find your way back to God. If you ever have any questions, please don't ever hesitate to send us an email to activate at takethejourney.cc. And we hope to catch you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, help us get the word out and show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. Please share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.